here. I want to start with a question. So, and this is kind of just a just shout it out a kind of question. Um, I'm thinking things that uh, little kids really want to do, like really little kids want to do that they're not old enough to. Okay? Shout it out if you got one. Drive. Drive. What else? Uh, louder? Stay up late. Yeah, what else? Watch TV all they want. Okay, yeah, good ones. Keep it coming. Drink coffee. <laughs> and what? What do you have? Skydive. Yeah. Okay, any, any others over on this side of the room? Sorry? Plan the menu. Yeah. Those, oh, these are great. These are great. Oh, wow. Yeah, these are awesome. Okay, we'll call it there. Um, you know, what I found is that you guys are really good at answering those questions. I, I think there's some kids, he, like maybe even here, who it feels like that's all you hear all your life is, no, you're not old enough. Does, that, does anyone feel like, you know, that was kind of the refrain of childhood for you? Like, you wake up in the morning and it's like 24 hours of, no, you're not old enough. Like, that's just, that's the space you live in, the space you inhabit. Um, and it can be frustrating at times too, right? Because, I mean, if it's something that's in your control, like if it's like, okay, you have to clean your room first, okay, you may not like it, you go clean your room. So, well, no, you have to be older first. I'm growing as fast as I can. Like, what, what do you expect of me? And I, and I think, I, I got this out to illustrate, like, it, I think it kind of feels for some of us, like, this is where we, where we want to be in terms of our responsibilities and opportunities, and this is where we're stuck. Anyone ever feel like that? Big chair where I want to be, little chair where I'm stuck. And it's not uncommon for us to feel a little bit disappointed and frustrated that we can't have the privileges that we want. And sometimes it can even feel like we're disqualified because of limitations that we have. And I think that's true whatever age you are. You probably feel, if we had time to talk about it, probably every one of us feels like we've got at least some part of our life where we're still stuck here, not quite where we want to be in terms of opportunities and things that we want to be doing. Maybe you're saying someone who, you, you, like, you want to excel at a certain skill. Like, you, you practice, you try hard, and you're watching everybody else. They seem to be taking off and excelling at it. You're still not taking with you. <laughs> still struggling. Or you're saying, I want to be the person who has lots of friends and a great social life, but I don't have the social skills to make it happen. Or maybe even, I wanted to be at a, a certain place in terms of where I am with uh, relationships or marriage or family or career, but... There are barriers in my life preventing that from happening. Or maybe you're even saying, I, I was looking forward to many years of good health and ability, and instead I got limitations that I never asked for. I want to live here, stuck at the little chair. 
This is the experience that Jesus is going to speak in the passage that we get to look at today. If you've got a Bible with you, you can open it up to Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. We'll have the words on the screen, whether you're here or at home. Uh, we'll, have the, we'll have the words up there. You can see Mark chapter 10, 13 to 16. It's the 10th chapter of Mark, verses 13 to 16. I'm going to read it. It's a short one, probably a familiar one. Okay, here it goes. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. His people were bringing little children to him, that is Jesus, in order that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. Because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. So, very short story. Got two very clear halves of it. One, the kids try to come to Jesus. Barrier comes up. Jesus says, bring the barrier down. They come to see him. That's what we're going to look at right now. The access denied. Uh, the context of where this is happening in this story is so interesting because this is happening right towards the end of Jesus' ministry and things are getting a little bit uh, intense. In fact, he is in the middle of a series of very, uh, I think we could just say really heavy teaching on some really, really difficult topics. I was looking at the passage around this, the one we're looking at today, and if I were to give like sermon titles to what Jesus is teaching, uh, they would be things like this. What it will cost you to escape hell. Two, uh, what God really thinks about marriage and divorce. And to round it all off, the next one he's going to get into is why most rich people don't go to heaven. Like, do, do you get the level of intensity we're talking about here? And just imagine putting yourself in that place where you're saying, like, I'm going to go to a, like, a weekend conference, and this is, the, this is the itinerary. This is what the teaching is going to be on. And Jesus is teaching it. And, and you can probably imagine that this is some very heavy stuff. And you can imagine right in the middle of this, as after Jesus finishes his teaching, he goes back to the guest house where they're staying, and his disciples, like, they've got that, you know, that learning headache you get in school when it's just... You've been in taking so much information, you feel like your brain's going to explode. And they're just asking them all these questions. They're trying to get their head around. They're trying to figure it out. And right in the midst of that, there's a knock on the door. And they open the door, and it, look, it's all the kids from the village. They, they want to come in and see Jesus and to be... Uh, to be touched by him, to be blessed by him. This is a, a tradition in that culture where a, a rabbi would, or a teacher would bless the children in the, in the community. Uh, some people think that maybe this is something that you do like on a first birthday, like a, a, a tradition there. So you, you, you gotta see, you imagine, it's, it's, a, it's a whole mess of kids. Uh, all ages, uh, in, in Luke's account of this story, he mentions that there's even infants there. So it's not just like, let's bring the best and brightest and most intelligent. Like it's just, all the kids there, they're just, Bring them to the door. Hey, uh, can we can we have uh, have some time with Jesus right now? 
And it's uh, not too hard to imagine why the disciples, you know, answering the door, intuitively think this is the right answer. Kids, have you ever heard this one before? Now is not the time. Now is not the time. Now, in every version of this story I've ever read, the disciples always come off really harsh and like, we, we don't really know the motivation out of it. Like, maybe, maybe, like, maybe they're actually caring about Jesus because Jesus has been very busy and over this whole thing is this, he's on the way to the cross. He's talking about his own death and suffering and sacrifice and this is weighing on him. Like, maybe they're just saying, look, this is not the time to do like a little birthday party activity. Our friend here, this is not the time. This is not the time. Who you are does not line up with the context right now, with the situation we're in. It doesn't fit. A visit with kids is not a priority right now. Why not schedule it for tomorrow? Now there. I think they think they're right, the disciples. Does it make sense? Little kids, big issues. I don't think there was planned for a children's story in the middle of the hell, divorce, rich people. Yeah, like that, that really wasn't in the outline. And they rightly think that this is the right response in the moment. But they're not right. You know, uh, a, a couple of days ago, I saw, a, a, I think it was like an Instagram reel of a, of a hiker out in the woods filming a, a mother bear with some bear cubs. And it was, it was just like such a calm picture. Like, mama bear is just sort of like nosing around. Kids are, cubs are off somewhere, just kind of like rummaging around. You know, hiker just like kind of filming this. And I don't know what it was. I think, I think it had a friend or something like that. And just, it was something so small, like just uh, Moved his foot or something like that. And, and what do you think happened to that mama bear when she saw it? Yeah, any guesses? It was like a new bear stepped in for that mama bear. And all the just like casually making my way through the fort is gone. And it's warpath now. And the bear's barreling towards it. Like it's just a complete, in the blink of an eye, barely, you know, I, I was thinking after, I can't remember how it ended. I really hope that guy's okay. Um, but, but you know, there, there's something in how God made bears where you don't get in between the mama and the kids. And it's not too far removed from what happens to Jesus in this moment. Now, one of the things I love about Mark's gospel, Mark is such a great guy because he really wants you and I to know what's going on in Jesus' heart. You know, you know we, we get a lot about, here's what Jesus did, here's what Jesus said. Mark always, he has lots of moments where he includes, and this is what Jesus felt like in that moment. And he says in, in verse 14 that Jesus was indignant. You know what indignant means? It's that feeling where you see something and inside it's just, nope, 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 no. Not going to happen. This is wrong. Go to step in. Not acceptable. He says to them, let the children come to me. Do not 
hinder them. You can see the picture, right? Children outside, disciples in the doorway, Jesus inside. Get out of the way, nice and slowly. Do not hinder them. Do not hinder them. And I wonder sometimes if you're, you're almost getting a, a hint of God's heart for his people. Do you remember the, you remember the Exodus story? Or like, let my people go? I feel like you could take that whole Israel coming out of Egypt and just call it, let the children come to me and don't get in their way. It's the same thing. God really has a heart for his people. You don't want to put a barrier or set yourself up between him and the kids that he loves. So that, that's, Jesus, that's just Jesus' reaction to what happens. Now, what we want to know is why. Like, what is the reason for why he responds this way? And he's going to give us two reasons for why he responds this way to this situation. One you probably know, one maybe you don't. The first one, it's in the start of verse 14, it says, don't hinder them. The kingdom belongs to them. They matter to me. They, they don't need to grow up before I will love them. They're, they're not church of tomorrow kids. They're, I love them now. I, I want to be near them now. Their needs are not secondary to yours. They also get a seat at my table. Now that makes sense, and we, and, and we get that, we, and a lot of us, we've, we understand that, that we don't treat kids like second-class citizens in, in, in the church. We recognize that there's a value that they have simply by being human, just like us. They matter to Jesus, too. So, he says, the kingdom belongs to, to them. Who's the them? It's the, it's the, he's talking to the little kids, exactly. Now, here's reason number two. He says, whoever, now who's whoever? Who's whoever? Anyone. <laughs> yeah. Who's whoever? Whoever. So, open it. We're not just talking about kids. We're saying whoever. Any person at all. Whoever does not receive the kingdom like a child will not enter it. Okay, that changes things. So let's, let's go through this slowly. So, First, okay, what is this receiving the kingdom like a child? I think the simplest way to explain that, it's, it's, it's with dependency, where you recognize I need someone else to look after my big needs. And two, confidence that there's someone who loves me enough to care for me. Okay, that's, that's the picture he's painting there. But, but when he says whoever, he's saying not only is there room for children at my table, he's saying there is only room for children at my table. If, if all the disciples see is Jesus making a point where it's okay to interrupt the big table conversations and priorities to let kids know that they matter and then send them on their way, we go right back to thinking and acting the same way we did before, they have missed the point that he is actively illustrating for them right now. This, this is not an interruption. It's, it's a decontamination. It's a, it's a mental chiropractic adjustment to fix thinking, and boy, do we need a lot of these. 
Because when the, the deep and pure and wonderful words of Jesus connect with the imperfect thinking of his, his disciples, uh, they get a buildup over time of misunderstanding. And, and, and here's what it looks like. The truth. Here's the truth. They hear Jesus teach that being his disciple is going to be way harder than they ever imagined. It will cost more than they ever imagined. It will, it will be a bigger undertaking than they ever envisioned. It is huge. And that's true. They're, 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 they're about to conclude that being saved is basically impossible like for, what, for what's demanded of it. And they're not wrong. But here's, here's the misunderstanding. What starts building up in their heads is, well, in that case, then only the, only the greatest, only the most limitless people, the people that have the most going for them, the people that don't have these burdens and setbacks and you know, unforeseen circumstances that are dragging them down, have a hope of being a successful disciple, someone who is acceptable to him. That's going to be a conversation they're going to have in a few minutes. Again, they're, they're not going to get this now. They'll get it later. But, you know, you, you continue to read the chapter, and they're, they're going to see someone who's, you know, rich and successful and young turn away from following Jesus. And they're like, well, if he can't do it, what hope do the rest of us have? He's got almost no limitations. We're saddled with limitations. What, what hope do we have then if we're so burdened? Only the, only the most unlimited person has a chance, right? And they're dead wrong. And Jesus knows it, and he's correcting them with an illustration right before their eyes. This is not just for the kids. This is for the disciples. This is for whoever. You need to see this. He's Jesus saying, if you want to understand my hard teaching, you need to be reminded of what I'm about to do. And here's what Jesus does. Just imagine the scene. He all the kids go. Have you ever seen a bunch of kids come into a room before? The room changes. Sometimes the object's in the room, too. Now, I, I love the, the theologians who point out that Jesus is the kind of person that kids love to be with, because kids generally don't run to theologians. This is not a photo op. You know, quick get in, smile, 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 kick it out. This is, a, this is an off-the-clock visit. Uh, parents, I don't know if you know this, but uh, some kids have, they can see that timer above your head for your patience. And when you give them their attention, they know exactly how much attention that is. They see that clock winding down. Yep. Oh, they know. They know. <laughs> but here's, here's what's seen. Here's what happens in the room. And I want you to imagine, you're standing there. You're, whether you're, you're a disciple, you're, you're a parent, here's what you see. You see Jesus welcoming and blessing these kids. And what do you think? Use your, use your imagination. What does that look like to see Jesus talk to them? How does, he, how does he listen to them? How does he play with them? Does he get right down on the floor with them? How, how does he hold those babies? What is that like if you're a parent and, and you see Jesus holding your child? What does that do for you? How does he interact with the shy kids or the energetic kids or the ones that are made just a little bit different or those kids who just, they, they're just always getting in trouble? What does that look like when Jesus is drawing them near? 
Eventually the visit is over. Kids leave. And Jesus continues on his way towards the cross. Here's what he's communicating to his disciples, and to you and I today. If you want to keep up with the hard teaching, don't lose sight of how you are accepted. Don't lose sight of how I receive you. What does that mean to receive the kingdom like a child? Remember that? Dependency, awareness, and my lack of self-sufficiency. To trust, confidence, there is someone who loves me and will care for me. I think most of us, we live already kind of here. <laughs> we get that we don't have it all together. I think sometimes we need that reminder of how much he loves and cares for us. We talked about that, that problem, right? You know, we, we feel disqualified. We feel hindered. We feel like we don't measure up because we've got these limitations in our life. You know, we've, we've got that daily reminder of we're not where we want to be. Our life isn't living up to where we want it to. We have things that make us questionable in the sight of others. I think Jesus' words for us this morning are that the part that makes you, the part that makes you feel not good enough, inadequate, don't measure up, is the very thing that proves you are the kind of person he wants to draw near. Do you, do you see that? Our inadequacy is like what qualifies us to be the recipients of his acceptance. When we feel small, he has a perfectly sized kid's chair for us at his table with our name on it. I think we really need to sit in this for a while. You know, I, I was thinking about this, you know, getting ready. I, I imagine a room this size, like, do you know how much impossible you have on your plate right now? Do you know how many things are expected of you that you just, you can't do it? You're trying to make plans for the future based on the best of your understanding. You have no idea what's coming around the corner. That's impossible. You're a young person trying to navigate relationships and increased independence and your own maturity, owning your own faith while living at home. That's impossible. <laughs> You're a kid and you feel like every day you wake up and it's just a constant reminder that all you do is mess up. That is impossible. And I think often we're at risk of just deluding ourselves and think, well, maybe today will be different or, or being crippled by anxiety under this. And that's not what Jesus wants for us. He, he wants to reach out to us, to draw us in and say, the seat you were trying to fit is not meant for you. There, there is room to grow. There is room for learning as a disciple. The table is big. It's just the chair. The chair that he's got for you, it's just a small chair. He's not asking more than you can give. How do we live this out? How do we put this 
physically into practice. I, I thought of a couple of things. One, I, I think it's, it's so good. I found this from, like, it's so good just to meditate on this encounter. And maybe that's something where you, if, you, if you're that person who wake up in the morning and it feels like the first thing that happens is all the problems and all the things that you're dreading start running through your head, I think a great way to counter that is just start your day in that room with Jesus. Just watch him interact with the kids and just know, just know, whatever happens, it's okay. He has already accepted you. And maybe you've never, you've never heard the gospel before. This is the first time that you're, you're understanding this. And this is, this is a chance for you to realize you can have a relationship with Jesus right now. You can start that journey with him to be his child, to be received by him. And, and another great way is to look for ways and talk about Jesus with us to remove the barriers that are in front of the other kids in your life. How do you engage the kids in your life to get to know Jesus? That's one of the things that we're talking about this, this time of year is we're looking forward to children's ministry opportunities, looking forward to VBC. It's because we know, we know that there is an opportunity here. There is a room to follow where Jesus is leading. And maybe if it's even in your own circle, if you've got grandkids or neighbors or, or something like that, if, if there are children in your life, here's, here's what you know. Like, Jesus already has them on his radar. That's why I love this, this VBC theme of Jesus' power pulls us through. He's the engine. We're, we're the train car. We're, we're never going to get on board and have to like, persuade Jesus to, like, hey, you should, you should really, like, he's already got a plan. If there's a child in your life, he has a plan. If you want to get on board, he'll find a way. He'll bring something of that. That's the hope we have. We, honestly, we can feel so disqualified and let down because of these limitations that we have. And I just want to remind you again, the, the, whatever it is that makes you discouraged, that is the very thing that shows you to be the kind of person that he loves to draw near. Your inadequacy is what qualifies us to be recipients of his acceptance. When we feel small, he has the perfect-sized chair for us to sit and enjoy his table. That is the love he has lavished on us. That is the strength in our weakness, and that is his promise for you today. God, thank you so much for this chance that we have to gather as a, as a church of all ages and all backgrounds, and I, I just pray that you would continue to work this idea in our hearts to know how you have received us, how you have drawn us near. And, and I pray that as we seek to follow you, you would open up the doors. You would give us the conviction, give us the direction to know that you call us and you use us to call others. Help us to find rest in that today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, what we're going to do now is uh, go into some discussion time. So if you want to turn your chairs, we're going to form uh, little circles or, or groups with the, the people sitting in and around you. And uh, we're going to have some questions up on the screen for a couple of minutes that we can talk together about. Uh, just as a reminder, if, you've, uh, if you don't have a group, maybe a good idea is to start off by introducing yourself and get to know each other and then uh, get into the questions there. So, and after that, uh, the next part of our service will queue up.